0: The following is a production of the PTB Soccer Podcast Network, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. The views expressed on the show are those of the host and solely of the host. For more information, follow the PTB Soccer Network on Instagram at PTBSoccer. That's on Instagram at PTBSoccer. Enjoy the show. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 72 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agostinho, and it is the final match of the league season, the Liga Nage, for 2019-2020. Hard to believe this season began on August the 9th. August the 9th of 2019, Benfica got the season started, uh, the league season that is, uh, with a win over over Paso de Ferreira. A week before that, however, I believe it was August the fir- August the 2nd perhaps, is I think the exact date when Benfica kicked off the season in the Supertasa Candido de Oliveira with a th- triumphant 5-0 victory over Sporting Clube Portugal. That was early August 2020. 2019, excuse me. It is now July the 28th this morning, July the 28th, 2020 here on the East Coast of the United States of America going out around the world to all of the Benfiquistas out there in the English speaking world and beyond. Um, so almost 1 year to the day Of our first official match. I think there's about four or five days difference. We're four or five days short of being one year to the day of the first official match. It's the same two squads we're talking about today. It is Benfica and it is Sporting. One team is pretty much the same team and the other, my how, they have changed uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. we got a lot of news today also as the rumor whirlwind is, is spinning like crazy. Um, there is controversy everywhere right now. The club is in a very um, tumultuous state and I do expect this summer, which is going to be a short summer given that we're already halfway through the summer, but this off-season is going to be another quote-unquote Kent. It's going to be a hot summer because we have a massive presidential election at the club this fall. We have candidates coming out of the woodworks. We have candidates speaking their mind, which is great. And we have the structure and the power, the internal power of Benfica doing everything they can to silence pretty much everyone else. I have a feeling this is going to turn into an ugly, ugly game of political mudslinging and because the club's network and the networks in Portugal don't talk about it. It leaves those of us independent contributors, those of us who do this for fun, to spread the message. It leaves those of us to cover the truth, and I'm okay with that. I don't want this to turn into a CNN podcast, but if that's what our club um, needs at this time, that's what it may have to be. But for now, for today, it's all about the Derby. It's Benfica 2, Sporting 1, round 34, Ligonage. Finally, the end of what was honestly a miserable championship for us this season. An absolute disaster of a championship. It all started so bright back in August. Uh, our hopes were so high. Remember when we joked about how long it would take to get to a hundred goals, or if we'd be champions by Christmas? Well, it didn't quite play out that way, did it, guys, guys and girls, Benfiquistas around the world? But that's okay. We're gonna talk about it, and we're gonna move forward, and this club will will fight again. Don't you worry about that. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right into the news. There's tons of it to talk about, okay? Before we break down this match, this final match of the league as it is also the final dress rehearsal for the cup final, the Taça de Portugal final coming up this coming weekend, this Saturday. This Saturday night. This doesn't even feel like a cup final. They all my life, the Portuguese Cup final is on a Sunday afternoon at Jamor. And they didn't just change the location. They didn't just change the date from June to August. They changed everything about this match. I'll talk about that a little bit. That's not really the topic today, but I'll touch on it. And um, there's just so much to talk about in regards to Sporting versus. Bafica versus Sporting, excuse me. And all the news surrounding. The club between the president, the candidates, the transfer market that is going cuckoo right now, and of course the coaching situation. Portuguese League is their coaching carousel has also begun. We'll talk about it in the news. We'll be right back. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica, Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and don't forget to check out www.misterbenfica.com you can also get access to any episodes any of the last 10 episodes there on that on that website www.misterbenfica.com it's up there we'll be right back with the news welcome back to episode 72 of mister Banfica here on the PTB soccer network And don't forget to follow the PTB Network now on Twitter at SoccerPTB. That's right, at SoccerPTB. In the news this week, we're starting off with the presidential situation, if you will, the election. Um, Like I said, this is turning into a CNN-style club right now. All the news is is no longer SportsCenter. It is... It is CNN around the world or whatever you want to call it. Um, we're all turning into a Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper or whoever else you <laughs> you follow in the news world. I'm, I don't really watch the news so those references I just gave are probably old. But anyway, you get the idea and I got to give a shout out to start out. And I got to say a job well done to the boys at Benfica After 90, Mario and... Alex they had for me the interview of the year so far uh, throughout all of the interviews that that have been um conducted for the independent projects of this club this one very important and I uh, it speaks volumes if you ask me because um the boys at Benfica after 90 had presidential candidate hui Gomes the Silva on as their guest earlier this week and to his credit, he gave the interview in English, and I advocate all the time, week after week after week. The reason I, I started Mr. Benfica is, is because I feel so strongly about this. The club is letting valuable supporters slip away. People that love football are leaving this club Due to a language barrier, and that's inexcusable for a club that wants to be as large as Benfica aspires to be. You cannot operate in just one language, okay? There are Portuguese Americans who are third generation in the United States already. The language breaks down over three generations in most cases. Nobody's fault. It's it's a reality of being... In another country now and being part of another culture. But what unites us all is Benfica. And the fact that he was willing to give an interview in English. When our very president won't even give an interview, period. He'll only give interviews that are very heavily controlled by his people. Where the questions are controlled by his people. Where the answers are very straightforward and very friendly to his presidency. I give an applause to Hui Gomes the Silva regardless of what you think of him as a candidate, okay? Regardless, I'm not telling anyone to go vote for him. Okay, let me let me make that clear. I I think that my my responsibility with this platform is to put the information out there and then it's up for all of you to decide what you want to believe. Um I don't believe that um, I don't believe that this election is going to change the president of Port- of Benfica. I believe that Luis Felipe Vieira will win. And that is because I believe that the election is very much set up so that the, the incumbent wins. However, I do believe a lot of good can come out of a fiercely fought competition. And I think Julio Gomes da Silva sees that and we're going to talk about another candidate in this segment but everyone running against him i think understands the value of a hard fought campaign and it's it's forcing it's going to force lfv at some point to face the noise face the music from the supporters there's a lot of unhappy supporters yes there's a lot of there's a um, Let me watch what I say. There's a lot of incredibly loyal Vieristas out there too, okay? And there's a lot of people that defend him very, very fiercely. That's okay. That is democracy. This is a democratic club. It has been since its inception. When there were no... And Rui Gomes da Silva talks about this in his interview with, with the boys. He said, when there were no free elections in Portugal, when the government was all appointed... And there was no election process, there was no free vote in Portugal. Benfica still had free elections. The democracy at Benfica is older than democracy in all of Portugal. Okay, And it's important that opposition candidates are not silenced. For those of you familiar with Portuguese history, I believe, unfortunately, um, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but I believe Vieira will only leave the presidency when he quote, when he symbolically falls from his chair, if you know what I'm alluding to. Those of you that know Portuguese history, I think know what I'm alluding to when we talk about falling from the chair, um, a historic moment in the history of of Portuguese leadership and the history of of Portuguese government, if you will, and in Befica's government, we certainly have a man who has surrounded himself with yes people, who has appointed people personally, has has filled a cabinet in a club with those who are loyal to him, and has also, in many ways, bought votes with Kazaj, with other other gifts, if you will, with other gestures to stay in power and he's doing it now he's playing the political game and we'll talk about transfer rumors we know who our new manager is going to be okay this is all done for political gain and i want to recommend everyone go and watch this interview with Hui Gomes, the silva okay i have included links to both part one and part two of the interview in the show notes this is approximate he talks with them for almost two hours and answers any question they throw at him, okay? He explains his project. He explains the platform he, he plans to run on. And he explains through his experience behind the scenes, okay? He's been in cabinets before. He's been in the power structure of Bank before. He explains a lot of things that we can't explain. Things I've hinted towards, but I have no you know, concrete knowledge of, he kind of peels the curtain back and, and explains a lot of things. And you'll be interested to hear, if you haven't yet, uh, what he says about George Menz and what George Menz's um, involvement in Benfica is. And I know, And I know some people don't want to hear this. And again, everyone is free to believe what they want. And I think, unfortunately, we live in a world, and it's not just in Befica, it's in the world, it's in America, it's in Portugal, it's in Australia, wherever, where we've forgotten how to disagree with each other and get along. It's really sad because I'm not on this microphone to try to change anyone's mind or to try to tell anyone how... uh, how to vote or how to believe or what to believe in regards to this club or anything else. I'm simply here to provide perspective. And, um, Huy Gomes da Silva provides his perspective to the boys at Benfica after 90. And I think, I think once you hear the perspective, if you disagree, that's great. But don't disagree or don't discount until you've heard the perspective, okay? Uh, I see too many people, mostly people, um, preferring preferring to speak or type, communicate in the Portuguese language that are quick to dismiss him and not hear out any of the ideas. I think that's a mistake. I think all ideas need to be put out on the table and whoever the president's going to be needs to take into account all of these ideas and needs to, with the people around him, figure out how to best implement the best of those ideas. That's just my take. That's my... Uh, <laughs> That's my um CNN or MSNBC, my uh BBC News moment of the week there. Okay. And um I just I I'd rather rather than tell you what he said, I'd rather everyone go and listen to it themselves and decide for themselves how they feel about it. I don't want to influence anybody uh in that way. Um also in the news this week the Seychelles graduate, current Portugal national team in Manchester City star the crack Bernardo Silva is in the news for a July 26 tweet that he put out and uh, I have it in front of me I'm gonna hit the translate tweet button so I can just read it once Uh, thank you to Google for translating it. hopefully this comes out right Um, but in English what he said is with elections coming up in a few months am I the only Benfica fan Who is disappointed that we don't have debates between the candidates on BTV? That doesn't seem to be. There doesn't seem to be a better channel for us to get to know the projects and the ideas of the candidates and to choose the best for our club. Totally logical, totally sensible tweet from Bernardo Silva. Of course. BTV (laughs) has ignored it completely as they do with anything that causes any kind of controversy involving the president or any kind of criticism towards the club. He's right, although I don't know that BTV, I've thought about this, I don't know that BTV is the best avenue either because the moderators at BTV are all, and listen, the people at BTV, the majority of them are very, very good at their job and they work hard and this is not a knock on them, but the structure of BTV and the direction of BTV is very, very vierista. It is, it is, it reminds, it's those who are around for the Estado Novo. It, it's a lot like the emisora Nacional, the precursor to RTP during, during the Estado Novo. And it's very, BTV is very much a propaganda arm of the establishment, of the president, of his, the people around him. And. Aside from showing matches, they haven't produced much quality content in a long time. And I feel bad saying that. And it's not the fault of the talent that's on air. It's the fault of the direction that that network has, for whatever reason, taken recently. And really, I agree, in a perfect world, BTV is the place to have these debates. But I think, in the real world, an independent uh, network... I've suggested in the past in the B, uh, Benfica Independent, but how about RTP, TVE, Seek, Sport TV, one of those that are not attached to Benfica, where the moderator will force tough questions. Granted, any debate would would not include Luis Felipe Vieta because he refuses to debate, but but if the candidates, the opposition candidates, would all take the stage or one of the TV studios. I think it would be beneficial for the entire club and perhaps it could even put enough pressure on the president to show up. however, he knows he'd be massacred in a debate. This is why um, BTV is not even allowed to, uh, to, to comment or report on anything regarding to an upcoming election or any kind of, of power change that could be in the works. Of course, the the BTV has served recently as nothing more but protection for Luis Felipe Vieira. And, um, yes, there should be a debate, but but it should probably be done outside of the safety of BTV, in my opinion. Um, But, of course, (laughs) just 48 hours before Bernardo's tweet was released... João Noronha Lopes officially announced his candidacy for the seat of president as yet another name on the ticket, another opposition candidate. So I looked up JNL here, João Noronha Lopes. He has an impressive resume according to both his Wikipedia PT page and his LinkedIn page. So in 1991... JNL was one of the founders of Jose Alves Pereira and Associates, where he worked until 2000. In the year 2000, he joined McDonald's Corporate. Okay, he 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 has made a very he's been a very successful corporate um employee executive, if you will, at McDonald's, a huge enormous company. Uh, McDonald's is uh, just for those that don't know, McDonald's is way more than hamburgers and, and milkshakes or whatever you want to call it. Um, th- those that, that follow the business world a little bit, McDonald's is not really a restaurant it's a restaurant but it's really a real estate property company mcdonald's true value is in its property it's in its real estate that it owns if you notice where mcdonald's is located around the world it's always on valuable real estate and that's where the majority of mcdonald's assets lie are in its real estate not in its hamburgers that's just a that's just what they do on the surface but they're a very powerful corporate structure. And in, from 2000 to 2002, uh, João Neronha Lopes was the director of franchising for Portugal and for Southern Europe. So he sold franchises. From 2002 to 2007, he ascended to the role of CEO of McDonald's Portugal. And from, from 08 to 14, he was the president of of McDonald's Portugal and the vice president of McDonald's Southern Europe. And then he later became and continued to rise to corporate vice president and worldwide franchising officer. He left McDonald's in 2018 and since leaving, he has taken up various board and advisor positions in various global businesses across the world, primarily in Europe and in Asia, while he is also functioning as the executive in residence at the Portuguese Catholic University in Lisbon, um, JNL is f- also fluent in English, French, and Spanish. Like I said, um, there's value in that. Okay, because like I said, the club should not. The club should be worried about losing generations of supporters. Due to a language barrier, I think the club should do more. I've said that before. There should be a lot more English language content. It should not be up to us supporters to create it. The club should should have a television partner in the United States, for example. And I did I reached out last week or earlier this week to World Soccer Talk, okay, a weekly podcast and a web page that covers a lot of the media side of the game. and I asked uh, World Soccer Talk. What the what's the latest on the Portuguese league and their U.S. TV rights with Goal TV? Um, Goal TV is the current rights holder, but the season is now over. Uh, World Soccer Talk responded to me and said uh, that nothing has been signed, nothing is official, but they they know with certainty that Goal TV is interested in continuing the partnership and extending the contract. And Goal TV is a decent partner, okay? But Goal TV's distribution is not as large as what I think the Benfica, or I should say what the Portuguese League should be shooting for, certainly for a club the dimension of Benfica. Um, Benfica should be paired with with a U.S. network, whether it's ESPN Plus or it's BN Sports Connect or something. um, We're English-language... Contents can be produced. They can take the BTV telecasts and and tr- transmit them or broadcast them in English. It's not that hard. Your partner can even provide the talent to call the matches. It's not that hard. It. What is hard is finding <laughs> the Ligonage in English in the United States. Most of us that watch it legally uh, through Gold TV watch it in Spanish. And the English language side of Goal TV doesn't even always have the matches. Gold TV, I don't think, sees value in broadcasting the Portuguese League in English. And the majority of Goal TV's subscribers are Spanish speakers because of the part of the world that Gold TV covers. So... Um, They're a good Spanish language partner in the United States. I'd like to see Benfica and the Liga Nage have a much better, much more visible, easier to find English language partner. Um, You know, we're paying good money for streaming packages that, uh, you know, we're paying for, most of us pay for BTV and for whatever package provides the Portuguese Liga. I know a lot of people watch the match, you know, through. Pirated streams and whatever. I'm not gonna hate on anybody for that because it's it's insane how hard it is to find these matches. And if you don't have Goal TV in your area or you don't understand Spanish and you don't want to watch the match in Spanish, I totally get that as well. Um, there are a few matches on Arte but not enough. So I think there's a his his fluency in English, French, and Spanish is a very very important. We know there's a huge portuguese community in france and i and in also in french speaking parts of belgium um benfica would be well served with a president that can navigate through those languages um the only question i have is what does this have to do with what what does this mean for the, the football the sports side the on the pitch product the thing we care most about and well that just remains to be seen i'm gonna try and do some more research on the matter. I do believe he served as part of the cabinet of President uh, Manuel Villarino, the president that preceded Luis Felipe Vieira. He served with Luis Felipe Fiera, so he's another one that knows the president. It will be interesting to see where uh, where this goes, and it seems from, from Twitter, at least, and from social media, um, he seems to be a viable candidate, so we'll see what this means. Now on to transfers, Uruguayan star striker Edison Cavani has been heavily linked with Benfica. I don't normally talk about rumors, but this one won't go away. This one intensifies, and it's not the usual sources bringing it up. It's not the newspapers. It's not the Portuguese press. This is coming from abroad. This is from the Uruguayan press. The French press, the Italian press is all... um, Hinting very strongly towards this. And um, listen, I'm not going to come on here and say that Cavani would be a bad signing. Anyone who's worried about his age, they've they've been far too conditioned. Um, remember, Jonas came to us advanced in age. Remember, Pablo Aymar came to us advanced in age. Maybe they weren't as old as, as Edison Cavani. But the state our league is in right now, the defensive just weakness of for the clubs in our league, okay, in the poor discipline of def- defenders in our league, a 75% healthy Cavani comes into the Liga naj and he scores probably 25 to 30 goals, okay? Carlos Junisius wins the Golden Boot this year with a disputable 19 goals. I'll get to that much later. Um, I'm sorry, but Cavani Has a class that even if he's 33, 34 years old, he still has a year or two where he could contribute a lot to this team. Um, I don't know that financially it makes any sense at all. But who better? Because a lot of people are worried about someone like Gonzalo Ramos. But who better for Gonzalo Ramos to learn how to be a striker from than Edison Cavani? And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm not getting excited about this. Uh, There's been a lot of strong, strong innuendo towards uh, this signing. But I'm going to wait and see what happens. Nothing concrete yet. Just a lot of strong hints. Now, Georges Zouge will be unveiled next week as first team manager uh, after the cup final. The delay in unveiling the new manager has been due to Benfica's delay in making the necessary payments for the buyout clause of J.J.'s contract at Flamingo. And as of the this past weekend, Flamingo announced that they're yet to receive any money from Benfica, which is impending Benfica's, Benfica's ability to announce the signing and to finalize the deal. The club also announced today Tuesday that Benfica players are going to be forbidden from leaving Portugal during the quote-unquote season, which turns out to be nine days. This year's offseason is going to be nine days. The club wants all players remaining in Portugal during this time due, of course, to the COVID-19 outbreak and wanting to reduce the chances of an outbreak within the team makes complete sense. Now, the coaching carousel in Portugal has begun spinning and the most high-profile one comes out of Villa do Conde, of course, where Carlos Carvayal, after successfully accomplishing his mission of bringing Riuav to Europe and clinching fifth place, has stepped down as manager of Rioav. He is going to accept the position at Sporting Braga. Um, the favorite to take over at Riuav is former Benfica player Thiago Cardozo although other clubs are also interested in Tiago, so we'll see where that goes. José Gomes leaves Maritimu um, on mutual accord, and he joins Almeria in Spain. João Henrique leaves Santa Clara also by mutual accord, and he will be replaced by Daniel Hamush who leaves Boavista. Many believe that José Henrique is headed to Maritimo to replace José Gomes. We'll wait and see. Nothing has been finalized. João Pedro Souza will, however, continue at Cohen. This is a great, great announcement for Family Cohen for the furthering of their project. I think he's an integral part of it and holding on to the manager for an additional season. We'll see what kind of players they can get on loan in the new season, but certainly they can make another run at a European place. Ivo Vieira has left Vitoria Guimarães and he announces he will take time off to reevaluate his life. Rui Almeida will replace Vitor Oliveira at Gil Vicente. And now we're going to go around the Ligonage and round up round 34 of the league. So in the 34th and final round of Ligonage 2019-2020, it got started on Friday, July the 24th at the city of football Santa Clara 2 Vitória Guimarães 2 Gil Vicente at home 3 Passos de Ferreira 3 Passos de Ferreira safe and staying up on Saturday four matches to talk about all of these were in the European section so basically this is the all the teams competing for positions in Europe played on a Saturday Boa Vista at home. Nil Riwav on the road, two. So, Riwav pick up three crucial points in what turns out to be Carlos Kurvidyal's last match. And then at the... at uh, Sorry, at Funchal with the season on the line for the ambitious and impressive project that was Bumbley Count this year. This is a match I watched. I enjoyed this match. This match was... Everything you'd want in a football match in a Euro in a match that will decide a spot in Europe, and um, it was Maritimo getting out early to a lead. It was, I believe, it was two 0 Maritimu. Let me double check that at one time. It was it was one one and then two one to Maritimu. Sorry, so Maritimu were up two one, and then in the eighty seventh minute, former Benfica player. Roderick Miranda made it 2-2 in the 90th. Ruben Lamedes made it 3-2 to Co And Fomalikon were headed to the Europa League already in stoppage time. But they could not defend a throw-in. As Maritimu would make it 3-3 in the 90th. The 90th plus... 3. 3. Irv- Eddie Valdu would score in the 90th plus 3. And Maritimu would knock Fomalikou from Europe. That one sank my heart. Even though I have been critical of some of their players. And the way that they handled losing to Mefica in the cup semifinals. Um, I thought from a footballing standpoint. This team deserved to be top 5. But they could not finish out the season. They dropped points where they really couldn't afford to. And... In a match where they needed to win. They managed to come back. They did the hard part. And then they let it slip. So Riwav gets the final Europa League spot. Benfica 2. Sporting 1. That's the match we're talking about of course. And going on concurrently. Being played at the same time at the Pedreira. Braga 2. Already crowned champion. Porto 1. Braga leapfrog. Sporting and Braga move into 3rd place. To get the automatic Europa League spot and then on Sunday it was the relegation battle another fantastic um, fantastic viewing experience Um, if you if you didn't watch this on Sunday you missed out because for as much as we talk about the Portuguese league and its lack of maybe quality it certainly did not lack drama here on the final day as Moreirense would lose at home 1-2 to Tondela. Tondela guaranteeing safety with that. Then at the Bonfim, Vitoria Stubal with two goals. They beat Bolognese Saad, Code City 2-0. That means that Vitoria Stubal are safe. So Portimonense's 2-0 win over Avs who, who it was an accomplishment for them just to make it to the match. We talked about their situation last year. Big salute to the Avs supporters that traveled all the way over a thousand kilometers from Vila dos Avs to Portimão to support the team from a hotel. Uh, the television cameras caught a glimpse of that. Congratulations to those fans and that is how you support your club ladies and gentlemen. And that that club managed to finish the season and not forfeit a match. That in itself was was an accomplishment given the situation. But I have never been so happy to see a team relegated. Goodbye, Portimones. Goodbye, Jackson Martinez. Okay, after what they pulled this season. And after so many times of just laying dead for porto and i'm sorry they the the player transfers between the teams so much shady business i'm glad to see this ally of our rivals go back to the second division in fact i'll be even happier if they get relegated again next year back to the amateur leagues and i hope jackson martinez goes with them all right those were the results. If you were watching, it was super exciting because Portimonense were safe until the very end, uh, the way the results were going. Tondela was the ones going down until Tondela score in the 90th minute. Peplu from the penalty spot keeps the green and yellow side up. The Furia Amarela that keeps them up and. Tondela are safe for another season. And you know what? Tundela ha- do this year after year. They are one of the stories every year. Um, their motivation or their their plan seems to be just just chill out throughout the majority of the season and in the last six, seven weeks when everyone's guaranteed their safety. Take advantage and get it. They always find form in the last four or five weeks of the season. Congratulations to Tundela and to Vittorio Stubol for standing up. Staying up, excuse me, and I do apologize for the sound of the lawnmowers buzzing right behind me. Um, The neighbors are cutting the grass at 8 o'clock in the morning, so on a Tuesday. So that's going to do it for the news this week, and now we're going to check out Reconquista, a very fitting song, because right now is the beginning of the new season, and it is time to start the Reconquista, starting with the cup final. So let's hear Reconquista. Then on the other side, we will get into the match: Benfica versus Sporting from the Liga Nao round 34. Yep.
1: Reconquista. Passo a passo, o caminho é duro. Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro
2: Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos vós. A fé que não se explica. Carrega Benfica, carrega bem fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica. Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos vós.
0: so it is round 34 and it is the Clássico the de Derby de Lisboa. It's Benfica versus Sporting Stadio de Luz. And let me just start by saying I tweeted this out after the match, and I just when this match ended, I, I you know I was at my my father's house. I had taken my son over there, and I said to the two of them, my son's four years old, and um, I said, you know, as bad as this season was, if not for a Vou, we'd be Sportingistas. Look at these, <laughs> look at that team, <laughs> and as I'm seeing the faces of all the Sporting players on the on the screen. And it's true, my, my avó, my father's father, was the first Benfiquista in the family. And uh, he told me, he always told me it was because he enjoyed the color red much more than green. And I know um, when he was younger, the, the Volta Portugal, the cycling race, would come around every once in a while around the area. And being out in the country, the idea of going to Ligio to see a football match was, was out of completely out of question. So when a Volta Portugal came through through your area, people would go to the side of the roads and they would cheer for, you know. And this is actually how Benfica and Sporting became such giant clubs. It was through cycling. And he would tell me that the, you know, the the riders in in red shirts were just much better than the ones in the green and white stripes and he just said red is better than green and and he became a Benfica fan and I honestly think <laughs> I honestly think he, he did this to piss off my grandmother's family as much as he could. Um, knowing him and knowing now as an adult looking back, I wouldn't be surprised if that was also the motivation for supporting Bayfika. But whatever the motivation, I am glad and I am blessed that my Avo decided um, he was not going to be a Spartanista like everybody else. And yeah, as a result, you know, as a result, I'm not a Sporting East and I have never been so thankful for anything football related in a long time because that this was what a what a sad state and I mean our club we complain about it week after week. And before recording this, I did catch um I did catch the the podcast the Sporting 160 EN podcast. I'm going to confess to you guys I I catch it from time to time because I the guy, the four of them, I do like their their football analysis. I obviously don't like their choice in clubs, and I don't, you know, but I, I, they, they do a good analysis in terms of football. But boy, was it were they distraught? I mean, yeah, it could be a lot worse for us. We could be them, but we need to use this also as an an avisu, a warning, if we're not careful. Okay, what happened to them can happen to us. We need to be smart and um with jj coming back in we need we still need to be smart on how we manage this team three four bad decisions and we could be in real bad shape that that club 5 years ago when or 4 years ago 3 years ago when jj was there had a strong strong team okay and now they're putting out a team that you can't a lot of people had never even heard of some of these guys unless you follow Sporting. So, let's go to the lineups here. Okay, Benfica with a with three points in a match that counted for little on the standings on the table for us, but everything for them. The 11 starting with Sporting, of course, the visitors, our rivals from the other side of the Scum Circular, In Gold they had Luis Maximiliano uh, three in the back. Ruben Amorim likes his three across the back. The manager of Sporting, of course, our former player. Uh, they had Luis Neto, Eduardo Koreshma, the young central defender, and Marco Jacunha adapted as a central back. And that 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 right there, when I first saw that, drew eyebrows, drew my eyebrows, you know. Um, and then the fi- the four in midfield, they would go with they would. It shows here on Fatma as three, but it was it was four in midfield, and it would be. I have it on here on. It would be Rivstovsky, Windle, Mateusz, and Nunumensh with Jovan and Plata playing in front of that line of of four, with Sporad at the top playing as the striker. Andreas uh, Sporad. Sporting's January signing. Benfica with their also familiar 4 4 2. Very little to to guess about when, when Benfica take the pitch, uh, whether it's Bruno Lage or it's Nelson Verissimo uh, rolling out the, the players, but it was Odie in goal. Andre Almeida, the right back. Ruben Diaz and Jardel at center back. And the one change in the back line, it was young Tumaj Tavares replacing Nunu Tavares. No relation despite what Goal TV say. Goal TV refers to them as brothers. They are not brothers. <laughs> but Tomasz Savář, a guy who struggles as is to defend on the right on his strong side, now gets slotted in on the left. Four in midfield. PZ on the right. Ulian Weigel and Gabriel in the middle with Franco Cervi on the left. And up front it is Chiquinho and Harris Seferovic. And as soon as I saw him in the starting lineup, I was pissed. Okay, I was pissed. Um, Nelson Verissimo has done some things that absolutely aggravate me. Of course, his job is not to, to make me happy. His job is to manage the team. But between having PZ take the penalty kick the other day and then subbing off uh, Carlos Vinicius and pretending that there's no race for the golden boot, for the, the silver ball as it's called in Portugal, He leaves Vinicius on the bench in a match where the kid has a chance to win the silver ball, the golden boot, if you will, the scoring title. However, I then remembered that on this team, if you want your striker to score, you got to bring him in as a sub. So, (laughs) touche, and um, I guess the right decision wasn't made by Nelson Verissimo in the end. Let's go to the live ticker here and start at the beginning. We're not going to spend a lot of time because this episode is already running long. We're not going to spend too much time. On The first 10 minutes belonged to Sporting. They came out uh, s- similar to how they did against Porto a few weeks ago. But they um, absorbed the pressure early. And honestly, I, I was aggravated watching this match. As some people are real happy with this. I'm not happy. Okay, we have a cup final in a week. I, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I said this last week. This team is just just hanging out on the pitch, you know, just playing it cool, playing safe. And I get it's the end of the season and everyone's had it, and it's been an even longer season than usual with a three-month layoff and um, quarantine time in between. It's an unheard-of circumstance. But the Benfica players did not look like they wanted to be on the pitch. They did not look like they wanted to play this game. Sporting, for all that they lack, they put in the effort, in my opinion, uh, they move the ball quickly now. See, anyone who who um, is opposed to the JJ appointment because of the kids, because they want to play the kids, well, look at Sporting, and that is what happens when you rely on too many kids. Okay, they're trying, and some of this is the fault of Hubinaguri, who I think is being saved by the end of the season. Because if the season wasn't over, I think Hubinaguri could be running into his Brunelage phase, as we saw with Brunelage. He, they very similar runs to start their careers and um uh you're starting to see some of the 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 flaws in his in his management um but he did say that huben uh, amurin did say that he's prioritizing development over results which is absurd for a professional team at the top level when when you're talking about qualifying for europe but that Listen, that's that's his his mentality and that was clearly approved by somebody and this club paid 10 million euros to well okay this club charged 10 million euros to bring him in according to Antonio Salvador they are yet to receive anything for the for the signing of Ruben Amuri but anyway they're just you look at Sporting and they're just naive they're trying to play like they're Barcelona um, Amurin is trying to beat Pep Guardiola without that level of player. And, uh, you know, the press have been all over Eduard Koreshma saying that he thinks he's PK. It's not that he thinks he's PK. He's playing the way he's being instructed. And as soon as Benfica realized that Sparting are going to build out of the back and they want to build slowly and they want to tiki-taka, Benfica added a little bit of pressure and they completely broke Sparting's game plan. And it would come to a head in the first half here. Um, first, we would see a yellow card go to Ruben Díaz in the 19th for a foul on Sporar in his own half. A needless foul, really, from Ruben Amorim. Um, Gabriel would go in the book two minutes later in the 21st for a foul on Mateusz. And then Benfica would, be, would get a corner in the 26th minute. Luis Neto. Um, would come across, and he would he would block Shikinu's shot at the final second. Shikinu gets himself in good position, as he often does. Shikinu's uh, off the ball movement is good. He is a good player off the ball. He is good at finding spaces. What he lacks is when that time comes to pull the trigger in front of goal. Um, if he had half of that, he would be you know he'd be a fifteen sixteen goal scorer a season. Um, but on this one, he's a little bit slow, and Luis Neto gets his foot out, blocks it, sends it for a corner, and on the ensuing corner, we get this. Luis
1: Neto concorda providencial. There is the quarto canto, the 27th minute. Bola para a área, atenção, Sefirovic. It's Golo! Golo! It's Golo! It's Golo! Seferovic, na sequência do ponto a de canto, o Internacional Suíço chega num no jogo em que voltou à titularidade, ao quinto gol do campeonato, e aí está a festa do Benfica no débil, Frederico. E há um uh, desvio de Ruben Dias, e parece que a defesa do Sporting fica toda parada, e o único que acelerou e olhou para a bola foi Seferovic, está feito o primeiro. Tudo legal. Sim, tudo legal. Uh...
0: So it was off a corner kick by Franco Cervi who finds the head of Ruben Diaz at the far post. Ruben Diaz, recognizing that he doesn't have an angle to put his header on goal, heads it back across goal as Sporting's players are all pulling up and... <laughs> Harris Seferovic manages to stay onside, keeps his eye on the ball, and gets the diving header, and he puts it past Luis Maximiniano and Benfica take the lead somewhat against the run of play. Um as <laughs> I got a funny story about this one, because this is why I don't normally tweet during matches. Because literally as Chervy was stepping up to take the corner. I had tweeted that I couldn't stand to watch Seferovic play anymore. I couldn't stand to watch him up front. Um, This is a player that's gotten on my nerves lately, and yet he continues to play. And, of course, as soon as I tweeted, he scores. So I quickly delete it. It was up for, I think, 47 seconds. I don't know if anyone saw it. Nobody called me out on it. But (laughs) it was up for about 47 seconds. But it is Seferovic scoring his fifth goal. His fifth of the season. Congratulations. You now have one more goal than the right back. Attaboy. That is the striker that the coaches go with more times than not. Um, <laughs> but again, if you could take the lead a little bit surprisingly, the game was it was kind of flat in my opinion. Uh Befika did add a little bit of pressure. But Sporting also, we're playing kind of relaxed and Sporting knew that they needed only a point to to clinch third place, and I think they were counting on Porto to win, also. Which because they came out after those first ten minutes, they sat back, and it was like they were happy to uh, to just see the ninety minutes out, like they didn't think that there was any chance that Braga were going to win and force them to get a result. But uh, they were going to get some news in the second half, of course. As we move along in the first thirty-fifth minute, Luis Net goes in the book, shown a yellow card for a bad foul on Sefervich, the real Slim Shady look-alike. Well, actually, it's it's he's not a real he doesn't look like him at all. It's it looks like a really bad it looks like a bleach job gone gone wrong for Seferovic as his hair is like white. It's not blonde. It's like white. <laughs> In the thirty-seventh, there's an attempt block. Pezzie has a right-footed shot from outside the box that was blocked. Pezzie had another chance also, where he looked. Uh, he had a, he got the ball down the right on the on the hop. He hit a half volley, but Luis Maximiliano made a nice leg save. And Gabriel would have an effort in the forty-fourth minute, a left-footed shot from outside the box. It was close, but it missed just to the right, and it was following a set piece. Situation and the referee would Fabio Verissimo, the referee, would blow his whistle for halftime at 45 minutes plus one. And we will take a quick break and be right back with the second half of this one here on Mr. Benfica. I am the mister, of course. Mike Agustin, you follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mister on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. Welcome back now. In the second half, we start off with the substitution before the half even kicks off. Ruben Amorim will go to his bench and introduce Tiago Tomas in place of Gonzalo Plata. Sporting the first to go to the substitutes bench in this one. And I believe Porto are ahead 1-0 at this time in their game. So Sporting are relaxed. They're going to see what happens. They're going to sit back a bit. And Mefica are the better team here in the second half, or at least for... I shouldn't say in the second half. Mefica are the better team in the first part here of the second half. But um, as word comes in, <laughs> Sporting Braga have turned it around, and Sporting Braga uh, begin to lead 2-1, to one, okay? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Sporting starts to turn the game on again. And... Uh, this is this is something I wanted to tell because this is regardless of the club, this is something it seems like all managers at this level in this situation do. Why do they sit back and wait for the other result to put them out before they go out and try to win the match? Had Sporting come out with the intention of taking three points in this match. They might have fared better than waiting and seeing, and then deciding with half an hour or, four, or 35 minutes to play that you have to flip the switch and turn it on again. I don't. This happens all the time at at this level, and it's managers don't get criticized enough for this, in my opinion, because they allow the players to become p- complacent. They allow players to get lazy. They allow players to sit back and just wait and what sees see, wait and see what happens, and that does not always go well. And so we start to get a better sparthing around the around the 55 minute mark. And we get an opportunity here in the 62nd minute. It's Rostovsky's right foot shot from the right side. It is blocked by Chervy after a nice pass from Jovan Cabral. And Benfica is starting to be pushed back just a little bit. Sixty-fourth minute, Tiago uh hits the left, the left post with a left-footed shot from the left side of the box. And now this is a play off of a corner kick, and Jardel has a ch- has the chance to just clear this ball. And for everything we, we harp on the young players for defensively and the mistakes they make, or we get all over Ferru, Jardel has a horrible, horrible mistake here, worse than, than many of the ones Ferru has has had this season and that have resulted in the young center back finding his way to the bench. And it leaves Tiag Tomas wide open, and he has time to look up and fire, but he puts it off of the post. It was a very, very good opportunity for Sporting. And Sporting are knocking, like I said, at the 65th minute. Um, Nelson Verissimo decides to go to his bench, decides to make a change. He makes a double substitution. And again, shortly after the 60th minute, guess what switch is being made? It has been made every single match that Verissimo has been in charge. It was made many, many matches before that by the by the previous manager, by Bruno Lage. That's right, it's time for the striker change. At 65 minutes, it is Carlos Vinicius coming on, replacing Harris Seferovic. And in midfield, it's Florentino Luiz coming on, replacing Gabriel. Finally, we get to see Weigel and Florentino together in midfield. And right away, I noticed that Florentino is the one that goes out to the left side, leaving Weigel in the middle and... I was shaking my head, yelling at the television. Everybody knows that in, a, in that situation, Tino needs to be the one in the middle. Weigel has the more box-to-box ability. Weigel was a, was a player that used to go forward a lot more at Dortmund. He was a player that used to, to make nice diagonal runs and get in on, on, on the end of balls. and He used to set up goal-scoring opportunities for his attacking teammates and then we get a play here in the 68th minute on a quick uh, a quick transition from defense to attack a real nice play from Sporting actually and everybody including Elder Condut is going to talk about the pass here from Thiago Tomás which was a nice pass but nobody is giving credit to the to the pinpoint diagonal ball and when i say diagonal it was it was a low driven diagonal ball from Wendell to Thiago Tomaj Wendell broke the entire uh, Benfica midfield line with this ball. This is why um, you'll hear in a moment Helder is talking about uh, about about uh, and Florentino playing two side by side playing too flat and this ball cuts them in half. It's a great ball from, from Wendell, and there's not enough uh, credit given to this pass. But then Tomasz Tavares into space plays a, a nice ball as well uh, into the center of the box where Andres Sporar is running onto, and here is the result of that pass. What's that?
1: para André Almeida, olha o Sporting na recuperação, sai para o ataque com o Wendel, desmarca o Diago Tomás, que é muito rápido, já atirou ao poste, vai a luta com o Adelação e dá para esporar, pode marcar o Sporting, atirou e a golo. Marca o Sporting no Estádio da Luz, András por chega ao empate, à passagem dos 24 minutos da segunda parte, 69, o jogador esloveno faz o golo do empate para a equipa leonina. É um grande passo de Tiago Tomás, mas depois Odisseias nem quer acreditar, porque a bola passa mesmo no meio das pernas do guarda-redes grego. Está feito o empate, marcou o Saída rápida, cá está. Entre os dois defesas a aparecer, grande passe, grande bola do Tiago Tomás, não é? Para... Sim. Para uma boa, para uma boa diagonal do Seporar. E depois é a finalização o Benfica estava por ser jeito. Sim, o e o Benfica está 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 um pouco atrás. Ali o Tino e Weigel a jogar lado a lado, não dá. Tem que tem que subir mais, o tem que chegar mais à frente. Os jogadores do Sporting estão a estão a conseguir sempre ir de frente para o jogo, e a equipa do Benfica está a ficar muito presa atrás.
0: So it's Andras Sporar putting the ball right between the wickets. He splits the wickets between Odie's legs, one of the few letdowns from our goalkeeper where he gets a beat, I think, on a goal he should not have been beat at on a shot. He um, very rarely is beaten by a shot that—that that is, you know, um, a shot-stopping situation. He is o- almost always reliable in those. This is a rare mistake from him letting it through the wickets. And it was, again, like, like it said, there are a nice couple of passes from Wendell and then from, from uh Tiago Tomas, and you heard the the commentators talk there about Weigel uh, and Florentino playing a little bit too flat. Well, um, there was a positive to this w- because Benfica woke up at this point. Um, finally, when, when Spartan go level, Spartan now think that they have secured third place by going level. Even though Braga is winning, um, I don't think they expect Benfica to really... Push on. I don't think they expect Benfica to go after a result, given that they're already or we're already uh, secured in second place. But Benfica wake up and they start to go forward, and it looks like there is an effort. Um, there is an effort in trying to get the the silver ball to to Carlos Vinicius, the golden boot, if you will, the scoring title for for Carlos Vinicius. It's at a point now where PZ cannot win it. Okay. Um despite oh we'll talk about this in a little the, the little bit of controversy about how many goals people have. But earlier in the day, Rio in Ryov's two nil victory, Mehdi Taremi scored two goals, which brought him to eighteen and he had the tiebreaker on on um PZ. So he was winning the golden boot at this point, unless unless um you're going by B T V and a ball is tally of Carlos Vinicius having having 18 goals, um, but most people are going on Carlos Vinicius having 17, excuse me, and so in this can only this is an only in Portugal thing where you have two different tallies of goal scorers and apparently both being considered true, which I don't even. Uh, it makes no sense. Only in Portugal do we get something like this. But anyway, uh, Benfica starts to work for it a little bit, and you see yellow cards come out too. Jovan Cabral of Sporting in the 69th and in the 72nd, it's André Almeida getting getting yellow. 75th minute, and Verissimo goes to the bench once again, brings on Rafa for Chiquinho, one of Chiquinho's poorer uh, performances as of late, as he has seen a lot of minutes under Nelson Verissimo. And um, Wendell will go in the book in the 76th minute for a foul on Rafa almost immediately. And then we have another substitution in the 81st minute. And it is Vieto coming on for Nunu And you have Christian Borja replacing Jovan Cabral. Uh, Both of those obviously for Sporting. Marcos Acuna with a foul in the 82nd. fouls Rafa again in, in his own half. And Ruben Amorim is trying to kill time. He's trying to get this, this match over with. And he goes to his bench once again in the 86th. He brings on Bataglia in place of Ristovsky. However, in the 87th, Benfica earn a corner. It's conceded by Eduardo Quaresma. And um, at first it is cleared by, by the Spartan back line. But then the moment comes
1: serve para a cobrança o vai bater o, o oitavo pontapé de canto bola para a grande área, desviada depois por Quaresma vai para Pisi tirou o cruzamento, vai lá Vinícius atirou, está lá dentro, gol, mas é fora de jogo é assinalado fora de jogo, finaliza Vinícius, mas de imediato, depois da bola entrar levantou a bandeira.
0: So, Fabio Verissimo does it again, huh? Offside is called, or is it? Alright, so what should have taken... (laughs) What should have taken him at the City of Football, all of nine seconds to review, that's all it would have taken in the English Premier League. That's all it would have taken even less in the Bundesliga. Between Fabio Verissimo on the pitch and the, the VAR referees at the City of Football, well... Let's listen to what transpired. For your listening enjoyment, I cut it down to size. It's not quite as long as it played out on television. But it is accompanied by the official theme music of Portuguese referees. That's right. This is the official theme music of Fabio Verissimo and the rest of the referees in the Liga Nage.
1: vai dando indicações também, aguarda-se a decisão do Video árbitro Eu acho que há ali uma ponta sim. branca que é do jogador O o pé do jogador do Sporting à frente. É, é, Para aqui, geralmente a cabalada lá está. É, Eu creio que está é, em um jogo. Aqui o Rubem Dias não tem influência na no jogada. Com esta imagem, não é? parece-me que o pé do jogador do Sporting, não sei se é o Matheus Dunes, pé esquerdo. Coloca em jogo, sim, o jogador do jogo. Coloca em jogo o Vinícius. Esta é a leitura, mas vamos ver com a linha que é Ainda por cima, e por cima a, bota, a bota do jogador do Sporting é de uma cor e clara, nota-se perfeitamente. Agora, uh, é o L6 é outra imagem é melhor. E os jogadores que foram convocados ficaram fora do banco de... Uh, suplente vão fazer da festa porque já viram também o lance na televisão, vão dando dedicações também para o bem, dizendo que, que é legal. Ah, o lance está a ser analisado porque é muito simples, tem que se traçar a linha e ver o momento em que a bola sai uh, do pé do, do jogador do bem e fica no cruzamento no para, para se perceber. Se está ou não uh, adiantado Eu creio que o pé do jogador do Sporting Com aquela volta branca Está a colocar em jogo O pé do jogador do Sporting uh, Coloca em jogo Há vista desarmada aqui no sim. estádio Vimos que, que, que estava fora do jogo Agora sim, fico com a ideia que é um gol Legal e aí está Confirmado o gol do Vinícius Aponta o décimo segundo O décimo nono gol Pelo Benfica neste campeonato Torna-se o no melhor marcador Esteja efusivamente no meio do Benfica
0: So after all that, we have a goal after all, Uh, and that is how the golden, or I should say the silver ball, golden boot, however you want to call it, that is how the goal scoring race closes for 2019-2020, almost fitting for the absolute circus that was this season. And um can always count on Fabio Verissimo, the referee here to provide the entertainment when Var is in the is is in question. Um clearly onside. A nice cross from PZ, you heard there. Uh Kureshma cleared it with his head off the original corner, only as far as PZ. Cherdvi with two corners in this match, two goals came from Chairdvi's corners. Um both in swingers. No, no, sorry, one in swinger, one one out swinger, and um, yeah, PZ with a nice goal. PZ did a little bit to get back in my good graces here, where he he plays a nice cross right on to Carlos Vinicius Even though they were they were competing for the golden boot for the silver ball for the goal scoring title, um, PZ serves it up on a platter for Vinicius. Vinicius doesn't disappoint. Benfica take the lead. By the time the VAR has made its decision, we are in injury time. And um, PZ ends up winning the assist title once again. He is the assist king in Portugal. There's no question about that. And what's really hilarious is after all the waiting, when Fabio Verissimo, after he does the box with his hands and points to the center for the goal, Vinicius returns to his celebration. It was as if he had just kicked the ball in the goal. And uh, he runs over to the bench. He's mobbed by his teammates. It looks like his teammates were very happy to see him win the boot. And um, that brings us to this, the final whistle. Let's hear it. This is how 2019-2020 ends in Liga Nage. Narrated here for you by none other than Elder Condut on BTV.
1: um Ruben Amorim nem cumprimenta ninguém vai para o Balneário irritado com a vitória do Benfica frente ao Sporting e a vitória do Braga frente ao Porto o Sporting Clube Portugal termina no quarto lugar vai ter que fazer as pré-eliminatórias da Liga Europa esteja-se em Braga desilusão na luz Salvador vibra em Braga no Minho com o terceiro lugar que o Braga consegue recuperar na última jornada tinha sido assim que o Manamorim se tinha despedido de Braga com a equipa no terceiro lugar e depois recuperou uh, os quatro pontos que tinha de atraso já no Sporting e agora fica atrás do Sporting de Braga no final deste campeonato para o Benfica é um excelente ensaio geral para a final da Taça de Portugal dentro de uma semana frente ao Sporting não há castigados, há dúvidas quanto a Nuno Tavares que se e nesta partida fica também a nota para... Vinícius chega aos 19 golos e torna-se o melhor marcador do campeonato, cumprindo assim também um objetivo particular pelo terceiro ano consecutivo o melhor marcador do campeonato é um jogador do Benfica
0: depois de... So there you have it from Hel- Elder Conduto uh, the end of the match Benfica 2 Sporting 1 the league season is over and he says Ruben Amor- Amorim doesn't even uh doesn't even greet anybody goes straight to the tunnel irritated I'd be irritated, too, if all my hard work all season was the result of my new team not completing its, its objectives. Why in the world this guy thought it was a good idea to go from Braga to Sporting makes no football sense at all. You need any more proof that money isn't everything? Look at the decision Humer Mori made this season. Uh, for money, he went to a far weaker team um maybe there's more upside but for the next two three years there's no I don't see it um he he could have been I think had he stayed at Braga Braga would have been fighting for second place the way Befica and even the way Porto dropped points I think Braga would have fought to catch Befica if um if he had stayed there and if that form had held but nope he went to Sporting, and now he's pissed because guess what he did such a good job coaching Braga that he that Braga wins the head-to-head against Sporting, because he was the coach of Braga at the time. Try wrapping your head around that one. Uh, the season ends as you hear there, and um, Elder and and um, Elder and Roger, you there will go on and talk about how it's not the same without fans. Blah blah blah. I'm really tired of hearing. We all understand it's not the same. But we all understand that we live in a different reality now. And I don't know about you, but I'm happy just to have football. If you love football, you you can watch the match. They pipe in a little sound. If you're watching the match closely, you forget a little bit. But anyway, um, Mefica second place, of course. We'll go over the standings in just a little bit. And we'll go over the the final goal-scoring tally. But uh, the big question, 18 or 19, how many goals did Carlos Vinicius score? uh score i guess we all agree he won the goal scoring race but elder will try to uh clarify here 19
1: <laughs> ganha a Bola de Prata, é o melhor marcador com 19 golos neste campeonato há tal questão para algumas publicações de lhe terem retirado aquele gol frente ao Marítimo, mas para outras publicações, inclusive para os meios oficiais do Benfica, são mesmo os 19 golos, tal como para o jornal A Bola que atribui a Bola de Prata e ele fica com ela com 19 golos, com as 14 assistências de Pizzi, menção a rosa também para Pizzi e Taremi que ficaram com 18 golos na perseguição, atenção porque nos últimos 5 campeonatos, em 4 deles, o melhor marcador foi so,
0: BTV, being the authority that they are on football, just clarifies, therefore, all of us. Um, Elder says that you know, for some publications, there's the question of whether or not one of the goals against Maritimu were an own goal, and they're claiming that he had 17 coming into the game. He says, nope. According to Benfica, and <laughs> and according to Abala. That he has scored nineteen goals and he wins the silver ball with nineteen goals. And Abala is the publication that that presents the silver ball. Therefore, their count is accurate. This, this, I I know I'm splitting hairs here, and um, listen, I agree that it's nineteen. That that goal was wrongly uh credited an own goal, but I sat here, I watched, and I said it on my podcast that. That was not an own goal, but it was credited an own goal. How, w- at what point did, did someone give Abala and Benfica in BTV the authority to decide that what the referee ruled an own goal, or whoever the official scorekeeper ruled an own goal, could be overturned? This is the exact stuff I it drives me nuts. It irritates me about the Latin media in regards to Lionel Messi. Just yesterday... Telemundo put up a graphic on their Instagram showing Cristiano Ronaldo on one side, Lionel Messi on the other. Total titles at the club level—I forget the exact number—I think it was 31 each. Total international titles: two for Messi, two for Ronaldo. This is uh, this is exactly what Benfica is doing. They inventing—they're inventing things or or changing. And making the authority on whether or not something's official. This is even worse. News flash to Telemundo. The Olympics are not in a major international title. It they are a, it is a youth competition. It's an under twenty three. I don't care how many tear, tears Neymar cried when he won the Olympic gold medal. The Olympics are not a senior football event. Just like Carlos Vinicius Hat-trick that day was nulled. It was called a two-goal performance because it was ruled an own goal. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't remember an official ruling saying that they made a mistake and that it was not an own goal and that he had a, a hat-trick. Had that happened, I don't suspect that every other publication, including UEFA's official stats, would have Carlos Vinicius at 18 goals today. <laughs> Believe it to BTV in a and this doesn't feed into the conspiracy that our rivals have towards that publication and calling them the Red Press, does it? Um, to to come up and decide that nope, it's not an own goal. We're gonna give him the goal, and he he wins the golden boot. I'm not positive if he wins it without that extra goal because he had more more he had more appearances than Taremi, but fewer minutes. And there's also argument online as to which. Is the actual tiebreaker. So again, why a newspaper gets to to award a scoring title, something that should be concrete, makes no sense to me. I understand newspapers giving you know giving subjective titles like you know the Ballon d'Or, the the Player of the Year, the FIFA Best, whatever. Uh, yeah. Even the, the golden ball in Portugal, a bola of Douro. I understand writers and journalists to cover the sport voting for the best player in the league. That makes sense to come from a publication. Leading goal scorer? That's a concrete mathematical equation. The player with the most goals scored, officially. Anyway, congratulations to Carlos Vinicius. I'm glad he won it. Don't take me wrong on this. And let's hear from the goal scoring king, the new king of goals. With uh, a rather modest 19 goals, uh, if that's what it is, it's uh, one of the more modest uh, totals to win to win the crown.
2: Também o
1: golo do Benfica, 19 gols no campeonato, melhor marcador. Carlos Vinícius, como é que é também a sensação ser o melhor marcador do campeonato? É sempre bom, né? Nós ali avançado estamos sempre em busca de fazer o gol, fazendo o gol ajuda a equipa, mas Quero aqui enaltecer a, a vitória, o trabalho de equipe e terminar esse campeonato com a vitória diante do nosso, na nossa casa, né? Isso é muito importante diante do nosso rival. Antes do jogo, o Vinícius e o Pisi tinham 18 gols. Curiosamente, é o Pisi que faz a assistência para o Vinícius marcar aqui o gol. Qual é também esse significado? de ver também este lado, de conseguirem os dois fazer o gol e o Vinícius ser o melhor marcador. Isso, isso, isso mostra muito o conjunto da gente, tanto eu como o Piso, como os outros também, é, não importa quem marca, o que importa é o Benfica, e graças a Deus, mais uma vez, não só hoje, mais uma vez, o Piso foi feliz de dar assistência e estamos juntos, e, e é pelo Benfica. E é uma vitória especial frente ao eterno rival a uma semana também da final da taça, não é? De Carlos
0: so Carlos Vinícius, there was in the flash interview after the match, and he gives a very, very standard, generic interview. The um, accomplishment belongs to the whole team, essentially, and the most important was winning the match, which is the right thing to say, but winning the match really had no effect on on the table for Benfica it did knock our rivals out of the group stage of the Europa League which if we were like some other teams I guess we would celebrate that um but uh I guess it was a it was a a favor to to Braga but um again I'm glad that he won the goal scoring title he even he thanks Peasy and he he praises Peasy for the assist and talks about how great of a teammate Peasy is and you can always count on Peasy and it was a great, it was a good ball from Peasy. I'm going to I've been hard on Peasy for the past 2 months so I'm going to also give him credit where credit is due. It's a nice ball. Um one of Peasy's better performances in 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 the final 20 minutes, I would say. Benfica as a whole played played decent in the final 20 minutes once they surrendered the goal. And they actually fought and went to find the win in this game. And um, hats off to them, I suppose. And Nelson Verissimo, for all that I've criticized him, uh, deserves credit as well. Five matches in charge, four victories in one draw. That is one of the better uh, spaces of Benfica in a long time is is these past five matches in terms of results he has stabilized the team a little bit um the questions about tomas tavares in this match playing in the left didn't come up although he didn't he, in in the goal uh that was surrendered okay elder and Roger, you talk about about the two midfielders being too flat Vigil and and florentino but when i watch it back that you can definitely see uh, Tomás Tavares pulled out of position slightly high, and it is into that space where he should have been. That the ball is played to to Tomás Tavares. Sorry, not to Tomás Tiago Tomás. Uh, <laughs> Sporting's Tiago Tomás goes into the space, and he plays the final pass through a lane that should have been should have been in the area where Tomás Tavares should have been. But that's really the only mistake he made. I don't understand why. Ruben Amorim, when he found out of that change, I don't care what you planned. Why did Spartan not attack Tomas Tavares on the left? Why did they not defend by forcing Benfica to play the ball left? I, I still don't understand. For all the nice play and all the methodology and all of the, you know, Tiki Taco, whatever you want to call it. I, I say the methodology and the Guardiola-ism of, of the, the the plan that Spartan had in, in place. And the guys at Spartan 160 and said they like the model that Amorim is, is trying to play. What they don't like is that the club and him don't seem to realize they don't have the players for it. Um, why they did not pick on Benfica's left side at all. They got a goal when they went there. They went there because Wendell looked up and he picked out a, a pretty difficult diagonal driven pass. It was about a 40-yard ball. Uh, but why they didn't try to attack Tomáš Tavares, I will never understand. And why Benfica didn't exploit the openings in, in Sporting's lineup. Sporting playing with three across the back, which, as we know from the Super Cup, can quickly become a five across the back. And Benfica... I don't know. Benfica just—they didn't exploit any of the areas either. Both teams, like I said, were were happy to just to just play out the the match. Sporting hoping that the result in the other match would have gone their way. Once they realized it didn't, you know, they made a little effort. They got a tying goal, but then they thought that was enough. I don't understand why professionals who do this for a living and have so much money on the line just just re- default like this. Um, but. Let this game be a lesson to Benfiquistas who think we should. Those who think we should just continue to go with the formação, the formação, the formação, the academy, the academy, the academy, and who think we don't have to go buy players. That's what we're going to look like in two seasons if we keep this model up. We have good players in the youth, in the youth development, in the youth setup, but for them to progress. Normally, And for them to progress successfully, it is not to bring them all up. The, these kids on this Spartan team are, don't even have a B team. They played in the U23s, which isn't even remotely close in level to the second division in Portugal, where Mavica's B players play. Okay, They skipped all kinds of level. They can play with the ball a little bit, but tactically, they're, they're not good. Okay, Their awareness is not there. They don't read the game yet. And they get exploited with just a little bit of pressure so I think this, this was a good reminder for Benfica fans and for Benfiquistas who maybe have forgotten that, yes, we do need to go to the transfer market and we do need to strengthen the team because otherwise we're looking right at our future across the pitch. All right, quickly, this has been a long podcast. We're going to go through the goal point very, very quickly. Um, I'll go through. For once, our opponent's top-ranked player was not the goalkeeper, uh, Sporting. 5.5 5 for, for Maximiliano, uh, Ristovsky, 5.4, Koreshma, 5.6, Neto, 5.8, Acuna, 4.6, Nunumensh, uh, 6.0, Mateusz, 5.8, Wendel, 5.2, uh, we got Ristovsky already, Plata, 5.0, Jovan, 4.6, and Sporar, the goal scorer, is their MVP with 6.7, and he's actually the man of the match on goal, on goal point. Benfica, Vlacodimo, 6.4, Almeida, 5.4, Ruben Dias 6.4, Jardel, 5.5, Tomáš Tavares, 5.4, Chervi 5.4, Gabriel, 5.7, Vigel, 6.1, Pizzi, 5.7, uh, Chiquinho, 6.2, and Seferovic, 6.4. Benfica substitutes earning a rating Rafa, 6.0, Vinicius, 6.6, in a goal, and Florentino with a 5.3. Looking at the statistics very, very quickly. Benfica had 17 shots to 12 for Sporting. 4 on goal for Benfica. 5 on goal for Sporting. Inside the area, 10 for Benfica. 8 for Sporting. Pass efficiency, 81%. Benfica to 82% for, for Sporting. It's a wash even in the vertical pass efficiency as well. 66 to Benfica. 67 for Sporting. Sparthing with more duels won 55 to 47, and I think they did it work a bit harder than Benfica, and and they needed to because they had to chase a result. Fouls committed, Benfica was committing a lot of fouls as of late. 21 to Benfica to 15 for Sparthing. Eight cor eight more corners for Benfica. I wonder what their total for the season is. It's got to be like astronomical, and Sparthing with four. Possession goes to Sporting, of course. Let's quickly go through the, the table now in the Liga Nage. And, of course, the champions already are Porto with 82 points. Befica second on 77. Braga third on 60. Sporting also on 60, but they finish fourth due to the head-to-head. Ave, like we said, grabs the fifth and final Europe, Europa League spot. On the, in the final minutes, as Family let the result slip. 55 points for Ruab, for Family 54. Vitória Guimarães, disappointing season, finishing in 7th with 50 points. Moreirense, 8th on 43. Santa Clara, 9th on 43. Gilles Vicente, 10th on 43. Maritimo back 4 points. They're 11th with 39. Boavista, also with 39 in 12th. And Pasos de Ferreira, also with 39 in 13th. Tundela saves it for the end. They have 36, they're 14th. Bollinish Sad was already safe, but they fall to 15th on 35 points. Vitoria Stúbal safe with 34 points and na na-na-na. na 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 hey 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 goodbye Portimones. goodbye. See you later. Hope we don't see you again. 33 points, 17th place. And Aves last place with 17 points. Top scorers, as we know, is Carlos Vinicius of Benfica with 18-19, depending who you listen to. Again, I think this is hilarious. The league should come out and say how many goals he has. Peter Provenza has time to to praise all of the sad in, in the midst of everything that's gone on this season. And what's happened with a sad in this league, in this very division, at the bottom of the division. Peter Proenza has time to come out and say that, but he doesn't have time to address how many goals a player has. When, when you have conflicting beliefs, Pz also 18, Mehdi Teremi with 18, all three of them. Um, well, Vinicius wins with, with 19 according to Abala, but here on Fot Mob it is 18 for Carlos Vinicius. Uh, Paulinho is fourth with 17. Fabio Abreu fifth with 13. Musa Marega and Ricardo Horta 12 apiece, as is Fabio Martins of Family Come also with 12. And then you have D- Douglas Tunk and Alex Telsh with 11. Those are the top 10. And in assists, it is PZ at the top, as we know. PZ with 14 assists again this season. Another good season in that category, in the assists category for PZ. Tecatito Corona right behind him uh, in second. He had 11 assists. Otavio of Porto had 9. Alex Telz of Porto had 8. And then you have Bruno Tabata with 8 as well. Bruno Fernandes, who's been gone since January, finishes 6th with 7. Paulinho also with seven. And then Lincoln, Alejandro Grimaldo, and Eber Bessa in the top ten with six. So that is the end of the Liga And, of course, we wish it had turned out differently. Um, and it should have turned out dif- differently. There's no excuse for Benfica for this type of a failure this season. But um, a new season is right around the corner. And, and first, we need to focus on the cup final coming up this Saturday. All right, this Saturday from Ciudad Coimbra Stadium. And we will see. Benfica will play Porto, as you know, in in Coimbra, not at the Jamur. It is the first time since 1983 that the cup final has been moved from the Jamur. You know who played in that one? If you're a fan of this of this show, that's right. It was Benfica imports back then too, and um, well. As it has become relevant, and it's the last time this happened, I will be presenting an encore presentation of episode 58 this week. It'll probably drop Thursday. That's my plan is to drop it on Thursday. Encore of episode 38, the story of the Final de Tassa, the cup final, 1983, that was moved from Jamur to Stadio de Antas in Porto when Pinto da Costa managed to flex his muscle and move the cup Final. From the Jamor it was the only time it happened um, until this season. So it's a little bit relevant, and it's a little extra content for anyone who hasn't heard it before, anyone new to listening. All right. Um, send me your messages, of course, at Twitter, at Benfica Mr., on Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. You can also email me at the Mister Benfica, one word, obviously, at gmail.com. I always enjoy listener feedback. And I will also try to get a preview out before Saturday of the final. It's Benfica and Porto. It's for the cup. The boys need to wake up. Okay, the manager needs to manage a good match. And Sergio Conceição, it could be his final match in charge of Porto. Um, A lot of players for Porto are on their way out. They're going to be super motivated to go out with with a double, with the League and Cup double. But... On any given day in the final, anything can happen. So um, I'll catch you next week. Also, don't forget to follow the Parking the Bus podcast network, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. And follow it on Twitter at SoccerPTB. Okay. That's on Twitter, SoccerPTB. And we will be back in a couple days with some more content. Thank you again. Viva Benfica. Carrega Benfica. We are Benfica. Damos 38. Let's start building to next season. Have a good week, everybody. Seating has been a production of the PTB Soccer Network. For more information, you can go to our Instagram page at PTB Soccer or visit us at www.anchor.fm forward slash PTB Soccer, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network.